Hello, everyone. This is Elizabeth Carlisle on Heal Yourself Naturally with Ayurveda. Thank you for joining me. We have a very special guest today, Victor Briere, an Ayurvedic doctor in Gualala, California, who is going to speak with us today about the vagus nerve and its impact on our health. Now, some of you may or may not have heard of the vagus nerve. It is the 10th cranial nerve, and it is the longest and most complex nerve in the body. So welcome, Victor. Thank you, Elizabeth, for having me. So wonderful to have you with us. Please tell us more about the vagus nerve and why it is so important to our health. Okay, well, I'll dive right in and make a very big claim from the get-go, which is unless you can make sure your vagus nerve operates properly, you're not going to heal. So that's a pretty big statement. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's verified through not just Ayurveda, but many modalities of health. Um, but Ayurveda is, of course... Uh, health modality that takes it into account largely in almost all of its activities. So why is that? Why am I saying that? Why am I making such this huge blanket statement so early in the podcast? Um, because after years of being in the clinic and doing all sorts of things with people, um, picked up on the, the reality of the vagus nerve and its operation. And what the vagus nerve primarily does, for those of us who haven't studied the vagus nerve, is that it controls when and to what extent your body transitions from your parasympathetic nervous system into your sympathetic nervous system. And that's a whole bunch of fancy lingo for whenever you feel safe and secure and comfortable and relaxed, and I don't just mean mentally, I mean physiologically relaxed, then that means you are living in your parasympathetic nervous system. So that controls functions like digestion, reproduction, uh, respiration at a low, comfortable pace, heart rate being low, blood pressure is normal, blood sugar is normal. Those things all happen in the parasympathetic nervous system. When you detect a threat in your environment, then the body has an automatic response to engage one of your defense mechanisms and oh, that's just like the flight or fright fight exactly. flight or freeze right uh -huh. yeah and so the vagus nerve says whoa 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 um there's a threat in our environment engage the sympathetic nervous system and so then your whole physiology shifts in about one second maybe even less and your heart rate increases, your breath rate increases, your blood sugar increases, your blood pressure increases, and your digestive system um, becomes hampered or reduced. And blood starts to flow to your extremities so that you can effectively fight, flight, or freeze. And then this is what we call stress. So there are obviously a million shades of gray, and this happens in very complex ways based on individual from individual. But in a nutshell, that's what the vagus nerve controls. So the vagus nerve is intimately connected with your sense organs. 
And because your sense organs are what pick up threats in your environment. And now I just want to remind people that that's just perceived threats. It doesn't have to be a real threat to trigger the engagement of your sympathetic nervous system. So you could even just have a threatening thought or think that you saw something threatening or heard something threatening and off your body goes into its sympathetic nervous system. So any emotional response, any emotional response. So let's say that you're sitting at home and your husband walks in the house and he's got a scowl on his face. And let's say that before you even know it, before you even have a chance, you think that he's mad at you. And that triggers, that feels somewhat threatening to the autonomic nervous system, regardless of what mental conditioning you've created for yourself. And, you know, you feel that feeling in your body, like, oh, you know, what's going to happen? Do I need to respond or react in some way? But that feeling in your body is your sympathetic nervous system activating mm -hmm. to some degree. Now take that with a grain of salt. Like I said, there are a million shades of gray of this. I'm just trying to use simple examples. Well, all stress related, it sounds. Yeah, completely stress related. And so that's all sense organs, right? In that case, you picked up a visual input. And so what does that mean? That means that this nerve, the vagus nerve, or really it's your autonomic nervous system as a whole, your vagus nerve is a part of the parasympathetic nervous system. It just so happens to have that function of transitioning between the two. Um, is connected to your brain. And so the sense organs communicate that, and then that information runs through your vagus nerve. And then it informs all your vital organs inside that there's a threat present and that they need to change their function. All of them, spleen, liver, pancreas, whatever, pick one, take your gallbladder, liver, all yeah, of it. I said liver. That can create quite a disruption in the system. Absolutely. And so, and it happens all the time. It's happening constantly all over the place. And in general, our system's really good at moving from sympathetic to parasympathetic to sympathetic to parasympathetic mm -hmm. to parasympathetic, you know, back and forth all day long. And that's great because um, that dynamicism is the human adaptability of our, you know, our physiology has that adaptability, which is great. But when it becomes overwhelming or there's too much or it's too chronic or there's actually a physical problem with the autonomic nervous system, then we don't transition well. Or in the cases of trauma, um, and I don't mean the generalized trauma term that, you know, like, oh, I had a hard day, I'm traumatized. That's not what I mean. I mean, there is an actual physiological definition of trauma according to the vagus nerve. Um, in the case of that kind of trauma, then it's really hard for your body to transition back into a parasympathetic state that's functioning normally. And so you get, think about that. Think of what I said earlier. That means that your digestive system is not going to come back online properly. And that's a root cause of disease. Because if your listeners have studied some Ayurveda, they know that if you're not digesting properly, you're going to create ama toxicity in the body. Right. And when you create alma in the body, that's going to create functional issues and problems creating your datus or your tissues. And then you're going to manifest illnesses. And all this is related to stress release. Exactly. And how resilient we are to stress and what we even perceive as stress. 
I had a consultation earlier today, actually, where um, they're in a relationship and the partner raised their voice. And, you know, the part, the partner who I was consulting with described that as abuse. And that made her feel highly stressed. Now that's fine. You know, I'm not going to get into nitty gritty of, of her, of her personal reality. But what I'm saying is, um, someone else could be in the same situation and that would not be threatening at all. So we have these vastly different worldviews about what counts as stress and what counts as normal or, you know, relaxing or anything. Well, it's it's, all individualized, isn't it? It's completely subjective, but it is based on our past experiences. And so then we get into digging up our past and how, and not just our past experiences, but the past experiences specifically of our autonomic nervous system. So we may think we're tolerant of certain things, but our body reacts heavily to them. Or we may think that we're not tolerant of certain things, but actually our body's completely fine with it. It can go either way. So now that that's a huge rabbit hole that we don't have time to explore fully. <laughs> but what I wanted to get to with this is that when we talk about the, the autonomic, uh, the vagus nerve being connected to our sense organs and then translating our sensual experiences into our entire vital organ system. That's something really profound Ayurvedically because Ayurveda in one of its major texts that in the very beginning says, you know what one of the major causes of all disease is? And the answer is misuse of the senses. Oh, right. That's a big one. (laughs) That's a big one. But so a lot of people say, well, what? I don't get it. You know what? I watch a bad movie and now I'm going to get a disease. And it's like, no, 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 no. Think about it in the context of the nervous system. If all your sensory inputs being translated through the vagus nerve and communicated to your vital organs, if you're not ingesting healthy sense inputs, then your vital organ function is going to be impaired. And it's compromised always by impact from the outside environment. Exactly. And not just impact from the outside environment, our perceived external environment. So mm-hmm. really it's an internal environment most of the time. So and, for example, you know, you could take a moment of um, if someone is un, like has a really hard childhood and there's abuse in their childhood, let's say physical abuse, very common, then of course there, that is coming from the external, no question about it. But 25 years later, when they're an adult, if they react in the same way, when the physical abuse was present in a situation where there is no physical abuse, they're doing undue damage to their body. Right. Well, the body never fully recovers unless the mind recovers. Right. And the body and mind are not so disconnected as we like to pretend they are. Oh, they're they're not disconnected at all. They're completely intricately interwoven. And the nervous system is kind of the playground for that interweaving. So it's huge. The vagus nerve is huge. The autonomic nervous system is huge. And the other magical thing about it that Ayurveda taps into a lot is that it's a two-way street. What does that mean? That means that we talked about the pathway from the mind into the body, but there's also a pathway from the body into the mind. So if my, if I see something in my environment, that's very threatening to me, or I perceive a threat in my environment and my autonomic nervous system says, okay, sympathetic nervous system time, get ready to defend yourself and my breath rate increases and my heart rate increases, well, I can actually consciously change my breath 
to encourage my system to re-enter a parasympathetic state without dealing with the mental stimulation. Thus why breathing techniques are so important in Ayurveda. Right. Not just so important. I mean, they're like the top three important Vital. things to be doing. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so now there are times where you want your sympathetic nervous system to be activated. Absolutely. If there is a genuine threat in your environment that you need to defend yourself from, yes, please activate your sympathetic nervous system. That's what it's for and protect yourself. However, in our, especially in our modern society, we invent so many threats that we need methodology to consciously turn an autonomic process into a uh, manual process, meaning using tools and techniques to go from a stress state to a relaxed state when it's safe to do so, which is most of the time for most people. Right. That sounds very good. Well, yeah. I think fear is rampant in the society. And I think that's where we have to gain control over our body, over our mind. And that when is absolutely 100% vital to the healing process. That's why I started with saying, if you can't get, if you can't live in your parasympathetic nervous system, meaning your vagus nerve is not transitioning you, you will not heal. Your inflammation levels will stay high. Your vital organs will not function properly. Your digestion will not function properly. And you're going to create a toxic environment in your body. Right. And if you're constantly in some kind of level of fear about what's going to happen to you or what's going to happen to the world or your life, these things and impact us daily. Daily. And so then if someone were to come in and see me in the clinic, and I notice that they're having a, you know, a prominent issue with this kind of thing. That's where we're going to start. There's no point in me giving them herbs or the special diet or all that stuff. I mean, sure. Some suggestions are fine, but there needs to be an understanding that the real healing prescribed by Ayurveda is going to take place on that level and that you can't skip that. You can't just take a pill and hope that that other part goes away. Right. There's no panacea. There's no panacea. So that's when you got to get down and dirty with your own autonomic nervous system, which is a very challenging thing to do. And, you know, there, that's not some lighthearted task. Your autonomic nervous system is a heavily patterned thing that's there to protect you. And so to deal with it, you, you frequently have to confront fear and you have to kind of work on dispelling the illusions and what's a real threat and what's not. Right. Right. When well, it's appropriate and when it's not. Right. Yes. But, and it's, that's easier than said than done because the ego gets involved and, right. you know, the ego wants to make sure that the past remains the present. Right. Yeah. So I, I think you were going to talk about three things that we can do that will have an almost immediate effect upon the vagus nerve. Yeah. So we already touched on one of them and that's breathing. Um, Yoga Ayurveda prescribes pranayama, which means breath practice. And there are thousands of them. Um, and so if you don't know which one to pick, find either a yogi or an Ayurvedic practitioner and talk to them um, or a Chinese doctor or a Qigong practitioner or any of the Eastern healing arts, they have them. And if um, you can always start by simply sitting down and just start long, deep breathing, engaging your abdomen as best as you possibly can. Your abdomen expands on the inhale and contracts on the exhale. 
Yes, and I think a lot of people are familiar with box breathing. There are a lot of techniques available out there that you can research and find the one that's particularly good for you. Absolutely. And it's, so that's one. And number two is going to be eat at regular times. So yes. mm -hmm. roughly, roughly 8 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m. Right. And that's going to set a rhythm in your body. And that rhythm is extremely important for your body to remain in the parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, that's where routine comes in, doesn't it? Absolutely. And now you can't maintain a routine 100% of the time. And I'm not asking anyone to do that. But I'm asking you to say on a normal average day to day, you don't you want to eat about you want to eat at those time intervals roughly. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to constantly snack or anything like that. So you want to train your metabolism to be very regular based on those times. Right. Ayurveda supports routine for everybody. Yes. And the third thing is one that's super easy to do. Everyone can start today is get your thermos or whatever you got and fill it with hot water and throughout the day, sip on that hot water. Oh, I'm a big believer in that one. Yeah, that keeps the body moving. It keeps the metabolism awake during the day. It, it aids keeps, digestion. Yep. The whole thing. And the vagus nerve is very, is always monitoring your digestive, uh, situation. So if you have digestive distress, that can actually translate into mental anxiety. Yeah. And you'll pin that anxiety on something that will have nothing to do with your digestion. So, you know, if you're hungry, we have a term and at least amongst the millennials, you know, you're hangry, right? You're getting angry at me, but it has nothing to do with anything I did. It's because you're hungry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the mind finds things to attach it to that aren't necessarily the actual cause of the anger. And these are triggering stress yeah. and stress is at the root of all of it. Pretty much. I mean, sure. Of course there are accidents and stuff like that, but 99% of the time, stress is at the root. I believe so. I believe those are the strongest factors that involve disease or fear and stress. And if we can conquer those, there's so much more that we can do for our bodies to be in control, to have better processes of mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely. Well, that's excellent, Victor. So can you tell us a little bit more about your new Ayurvedic course studies, which will be available to the public in 2022? Yeah, so my institution is the International Institute of Ayurveda, and uh, we have just recently become and or are becoming very shortly will become a California state certified and NAMA certified Ayurvedic education Institute. So that means we could train practitioners, Ayurvedic practitioners. And um, we start that our Ayurvedic practitioner program in 2022. And we also run a very wonderful Ayurvedic program for those people who are already Ayurvedic practitioners, which is Ayurveda and the vagus nerve, of course, today's topic, uh, which is a really deep dive into this topic and how to use it clinically um, in an Ayurveda clinic. 
And I, I published a book on Ayurvedic pulse reading in March. And well, we're so going to have you I, back to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. We, we also teach a pulse reading workshop in 2022. That'll How exciting that is. Summer. Tell Absolutely. everybody what pulse reading can tell. You can, use, you can use Ayurvedic pulse reading to pretty much tell anything going on inside someone's body. You can use it to assess the state of the vital organs, the doshas, the datus, uh, agni, ama levels, even the state of the mind. Yes, you can't find that in any Western doctor's office these days. No, that's not their focus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. So those are our main offerings right now, but obviously it will evolve and we'll be adding more in the coming years. Oh, that's just wonderful. I want to thank you so much for all this information, Victor, on the vagus nerve. And I hope people will understand that the body and the mind are intimately connected, that we can't divorce them. We've got to connect the dots to make our health superior and optimal and support our lives. Integration is our salvation. Okay. Thank you so much, Victor. I also wish to thank everyone for listening today. If you have any comments or questions, please visit my Facebook page, Healing-Ayurveda. I will be happy to address any questions you may have. Please join me next week and blessings to all. Thank you. Thank you.